0: Let's read uh, from the book of Nehemiah, uh, chapter 12. It says, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived, and they were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals and harps and lyres. I had the leaders go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on the wall to the right toward the dung gate. Beginning with skipping to verse 36. And Ezra, the teacher of the law, led the procession. Verse 38. The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall together with half of the people. Past the tower of ovens to the broad wall, over the gate of Ephraim. Uh, to the Jeshanah gate, uh, to the fish gate, and the Tower of Hananel, uh, and the Tower of a Hundred. As far as the Sheep gate and the gate of the guard, they stopped. Verse 43. And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Verse 46. For long ago in the days of David and Asaph there had been directors of musicians for the songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah all Israel contributed to the daily portions for the musicians and the gatekeepers. They set aside a portion for the other Levites and the Levites set aside the portion for the descendants of Aaron. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us again from His Word. Father, we know that You are at work and You always are. That Your love for Your people never ends. We ask that You would teach us, teach us today, to rejoice as You called us to, as is worthy of Your salvation and worthy of the ongoing work of Your Spirit in our lives. Thank You for the days that are ahead, the days to come. We rejoice together. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today we're actually concluding our series that we've been on. Actually, we're. Well, Quite a while now, almost two months um, from the book of Nehemiah. Um, we are talking about rejoicing in the dedication of the wall. in chapter six. It tells us this. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul in the in 52 days. About as long as we've been on this series, I guess. I mean, it had taken us as long to preach through it as it took them to actually build the wall. Um, Listen, that, that had to be an incredible accomplishment. You could see the walls were up. Opposition was there. Days of difficulty were there. But God's gracious hand had enabled the people to complete for their security, for the prosperity, for the ongoing worship. There began this sense that God was working, that God was moving. I'm very grateful for this opportunity to live life with you for the next nine months or so. Uh, We're going to continue to think about what is God calling us to do together. What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? I can guarantee you this. God is at work, if your art is open, if your life is open, if you're receptive, the Lord wants to speak to each one of us, work in us, rebuild, build up, edify is the biblical term to make us into his people, serving him together, creating days that are ahead. It makes me realize that we are called, and this is just really the simply the phrase of today, we should rejoice together. We should rejoice together. It's getting close to graduation. I'm always excited about that because as a teacher, I'm ready for everybody to graduate too. Goodbye. See you later. It's been fun. You know, I, 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 did not, I love my students, but you know, sometimes you're just ready for, for a little summer to come. And spring is here. It just lifts my spirits. I don't know if it does yours. I'm tired of the winter. You know, my wife and I, we talked about living in upstate New York for a long, long time. and We shoveled a lot of snow. We just did. I mean, it would be, okay, the snow would come. I mean, every few days, you're you're shoveling snow um, all winter long. And there were a few times that, i got to be honest, it it just about crushed me. When, what, it's graduation day, it's mid-May, it's Mother's Day, and we still got snow. I mean, there were some days that I just thought, good grief, good grief. I'm sure that this pandemic and this season in the world has been one of those where we feel like, It's snow on Mother's Day. That we're like, can we get to that place of rejoicing? Can we get to the place where the mask can come back off? Can we get to the place where we can just be together again like we used to be? Can we just get to those places? Well, I want us to begin to do what God has called us to do. Just as Jim was going to lead us on that song, singing his praises all the day long, that we would begin to rejoice now. We should, and, and look at this word, we should rejoice together. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to rejoice. Let's look at this passage in Nehemiah chapter 12. It says in verse 27, at the dedication of the wall in Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out. "...to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving, with the music of cymbals, with harps, and with lyres." They sought out the musicians. They went out to get the priests and the Levites, the ones who would lead in teaching the scriptures, in uh, leading of the music time, in leading of the worship. They went and kind of got them from all of the towns around and made sure everybody came to Jerusalem to be there for this dedication. It was this idea that rejoicing, celebrating joyfully, God has done amazing things. As Christians, we should rejoice for three things right off the bat. We should rejoice because of what God has done. We rejoice because of what God is doing. And we we rejoice because of what God will do. In 1 Peter... I've been spending a lot of time in that book. We've actually, a couple of our sermons, you've noticed, have kind of drifted off from Nehemiah into 1 Peter for Easter and even last Sunday. I've been spending a lot of time in that book. And in chapter 1, Peter is really clear about this. He says in verse 6, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Okay, we know that the world has been going through trials, and many of you in your own lives have been experiencing uh, an extended amount of trials. We've heard of the health concerns for many of the congregation even here. We know the burdens that some of us are sharing, and then we don't even know the burdens, those secret ones in our own hearts and minds. There have been all kinds of trials, but Peter wants to remind us, in all of this, we greatly rejoice. He goes on to talk about how we greatly rejoice because we have an inheritance in he- heaven that is guaranteed and shielded, shielded right now by the power of God, an inheritance that has been purchased for us by the precious blood of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for our sins and has given us eternal life and that eternal hope and that presence of the Holy Spirit that is guaranteed to get us through. We rejoice right now because of the future inheritance that we have what God will do. But we're rejoicing right now because God is sustaining us. You know the old hymn, Count Your Many Blessings. Name them one by one. Remember what God has done. Do you remember this hymn? Yeah, it's one of my mommies to sing a lot. I, I, I think that for me, being, you know, there are the people that are kind of always optimistic and there are people that are kind of pessimistic. My wife points that out that that she feels like there she did some read some study about this and she pointed that out. I wonder why. Can you guess which one of us is a little bit more of the pessimistic one? It's me. Um, she's she's sort of usually on the upside, and I'm usually on the uh, uh, especially at home. I'll get kind of kind of down. It's like no no no. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. God has sustained us. Even the fact that we can't worship all together right now. I'm so glad we have the internet. We're able to do things that we weren't able to do 10, 15, 20 years ago. Thank you, God, for your grace. Let's count our blessings. It changes our attitude. It changes our attitude when we begin to say, you know what? I get to go do some yard work today. Yard work's not my favorite. But, you know, what a, thankfully, what a great day it is to go out and plant some flowers. Thank you, God, for springtime. Thank you, God, for the small blessings. You've given us Jesus. That's the big one. Thank you, God, for those little serendipitous, those little special added moments of grace, those ways you're sustaining us. But we also thank God, and I don't want to go too quickly past this, but sadly for this congregation, I'm not able to go in as depth as I would like to. In all of this, we got to think about what God has done, not just in Jesus Christ. But what He has done among this people, among this congregation, many of you may have come to Jesus Christ right here. This is where you began to first grow and discover your gifts. This is where maybe you saw your children experience the love and the grace of God for the first time. You can thank God for the history of the Lord in this place. Or if not, or if you're new here, maybe the history of God that He's been working in your life for so much time. Did you notice verse 46? For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there had been directors for the musicians and and for the songs of praise and thanksgiving of God. Realize that in David's day, they had not even built the temple yet. But David, even though he wasn't permitted to build the temple, he was getting things ready. He was making sure that the priests and the Levites, that the ones that would be there for the praise and the glory of God were set up. He he made the worship of God glorious for the people, inspiring for the people. He emphasized that even though he wasn't able to build the temple yet. God's been working here for a long time, too. I have heard now recent things I didn't know about. Vacation Bible schools and Music camps and hundreds of children that heard about the grace of Jesus Christ. That's happened here. You know of the days where there were people who came to know the Lord here. You remember the times when you were rejoicing and and, and saw God working in children and in youth. When you've seen mission trips and experiences overseas. You've been a part of God's work here. We need to be thankful and rejoice. Now here's the temptation. Well it's just not like the good old days. You know the temptation is to kind of long for my my wife says that sometimes I, I, I idolize or or um what do we call it? Uh, when we're looking back and it's all nostalgia and it's like everything was perfect. She said, do you remember how hard that mission trip was? <laughs> do you remember how hard those days? I mean, do you remember the thing is falling apart right in the middle? You? So we can't. We need to be careful not to just get too nostalgic, right? That, that everything was perfect back then. But we do need to be thankful for the heritage. We need to give God thanks for what he has done. Why? Why? Why look back? Because it reminds us of who God is. It reminds us that our God provides, that our God works, that our God is wanting to do the same things in our lives today. Maybe not the same exact way or methodology, but the same types of experiences where people are encountering uh, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and having their lives transformed. Aaron said, I, I made the comment about we're not trying to be a transition team, we're trying to be a transformation team. Well, I've got to be honest, I'm not real big on what name you call it. It doesn't really matter. But the attitude is what matters. We're all ready to get to some new spots. Or even get back to some spots where we want to be. But first, God has got to do His transformative work in our hearts and minds. You hear what I'm saying? The Lord wants to get us to a place where we are crying out to him. It's Lord move in our hearts where we're getting to the place where it's not my will, but yours be done. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, that's what Jesus said right before he went to the cross. Not my will, but yours be done. See, all of us want our will. I want my will. I, I got to be honest. I, I know how I think I want things to go. But when do I get to the place where I say, Lord, have your way, because we want you to be praised. We need to rejoice for what God has done, what he's doing and what he will do. But the do you know the other reason I feel like we should rejoice together is because our rejoicing has an impact, an impact in the world. Did you hear this phrase, verse 43, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing uh, because God had given them great joy and the sound of the rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. They were hearing the singing, the songs, the joy, the celebration, the reading of Scriptures. I mean, the symbols were going, the tambourines were happening. I mean, well, Jerusalem's having a party today. I mean, hey, anybody, we have to go over there and check it out. It's like one of those festivals, you know, there were always the springtime festivals, all the different ones, and you'd drive by and say, oh, I wasn't going to get a gyro today but hey it's the greek festival let's pull on in it smells good i I love those things i love you pull on let's see what's there i don't know it sounds sounds delicious always good food something was happening in jerusalem and there was probably good food the sacrifices were kind of a big giant barbecue to some degree Um, they were kind of a big cookout and so as they were rejoicing and celebrating and eating and singing and being together it could be heard far away In the book of Philippians, this is my favorite mission trip verse because, you know, when you're on a mission trip, nothing's quite right. Nothing's nothing's really quite comfortable and you're sleeping on the floor and you're getting up early and there's never enough hot water for the showers. If there are showers at all, we always memorize a verse. It's from the book of Philippians. Um, He says this in chapter 2, verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that you might shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life now you see the point right quit complaining (laughs) quit arguing do everything without complaining or arguing but did you hear the reason why so that you might shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life you look different you can tell when people have their hearts and minds surrendered it doesn't matter there's no hot water it's okay up early it's okay staying up late it's okay Not enough to eat. It's all right because it's for the Lord and you shine like a star in the universe. Brothers and sisters, we are on a mission trip right now. It's the mission trip of life. We have the opportunity to reflect the goodness and greatness of Jesus Christ um, as we quite honestly don't complain. Don't complain. I do that a lot with my college students. It's finals time they get into comparison mode. Oh, I've got two more tests and three papers to do by next week. Oh, yeah. I've got seven papers, eight projects, and four. I mean, it, it, you know, they try to outdo one another. And then when, they, when their friends won't listen anymore, they call home and call mom. Mom, i got so much to do. Anybody receive those phone calls? Okay. The students look different when they're like, oh, you know, i got a lot to do, but I know God will get me through. we got a lot to do. But God's going to get us through. We should rejoice together. But let me emphasize another word from that statement. Point number two here is we should rejoice together. Some of you guys that saw the basketball tournament. You know, Baylor won and they were rejoicing. and The students were going crazy. And the players were there giving thanks to God, honoring God as a team sure, the team had a special role, and they took time to pray. The students are just kind of going berserk, man. They are celebrating. They're running around, playing instruments, doing stuff. Probably not without their masks on. Probably not a good thing. But anyway, um, we get it. There was a time to celebrate. You won the national championship. Got to be honest, who's in that national championship next year? I mean, it's already gone, people. it doesn't last very long. Um, I appreciate, though, what God tells us in Nehemiah 12, it says that Nehemiah did this. Verse 31, I had the leaders of Judah go on top of the wall. In verse 36, it says that Ezra, the teacher of the law, led the procession. Um, We didn't talk much about Ezra, but he came about the same time as Nehemiah. And he was one that really led the people back in in bringing the temple worship back. Um, He he did a lot to get people to reestablish the covenant with God and understand God's word. The leaders led the way. Some of you guys have, you all have official positions and titles and leaders and leadership team. Some of you are just influencers. But can I tell you, you were all called to help lead the way right now. Lead the way in worship and in prayer and in giving thanks. Lead the way in confession. Maybe there's some places where you even need to say, I'm sorry. But we all have a place on this team to give thanks, to give testimony to what God has done. What is God calling you to do? How can you be the person that helps in these days? Some of you might think, well, you know, it's time for some others to lead now. I'm taking a step back. Ezra was up, uh, up at the front, and Nehemiah was bringing up the rear. We all have a place. To go be amongst God's people. We. We. It's a together. It's an all of us thing. It's not a me. It's a we. Should rejoice. Verse 43. The women and the children also. The women and the children also. Why did he even say that? Of course the women and the children also. Well, so often we can forget we need to celebrate, even right now, how are we encouraging our children? How are we encouraging our youth? Some of you, would, would you consider writing a note of encouragement to one of our, our children or our youth? Just tell them what their blessing they are. How much you believe in them. During the next several months, as God brings new people, as we're continuing to work with the people who are here and, and part of this congregation, how are we encouraging our children, our youth, our women. Everyone was called. Everyone had a place. Have you ever heard the term FOMO? Fear of missing out? Now, I, the students use these a lot for me on the text messages and they, they have all these like, like BRBs, I'll be right back. Or I, I never learned this stuff and I'm always like, I don't know what these mean. Um, I, I, I just, I don't. I'm, I, I hate that. But FOMO apparently means a fear of missing out. Like you don't want to be left out. Everyone's going to dinner and you wanted to go. Everyone was going to watch a movie and you wanted to go. Now we all have a fear of being included, right? Because I don't know if you're infected. <laughs> so maybe we have a new one because of COVID. I've got the fear of being included here. Um, <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I think we need a new one. Not fear of being included, but fear of leaving out. Who are we leaving out? Who are we not calling? Who are we not reaching out to? Who are we not inviting? Who are we not saying, no, you are part. We want you here. Our seniors. Our children. How about our neighbors? The others that are not like us. Whatever us is. Are we making sure that we are including those because... God has called us to celebrate and rejoice about what He is doing and what He wants to do in lives. Let's invite. Let's make sure we're not leaving out some of the brothers and the sisters. Finally this morning, um, as we emphasize just this one phrase, that we should rejoice together. We need to remember that we should rejoice together. 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 Uh, The picture up there on the the screen should be the wall. Um, and, And maybe you're one of those that's like, yeah, let's get up on the wall right now. Let's climb up there and start marching. That's what it said in verse 27. At the dedication of the wall, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and they came to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully. Well, this season, there are different ways for us to be together. I wish, and I want, and I'm longing for the day uh, that we can all be together. And I hope that the pews are packed. Anybody want packed pews? Actually, we don't. Right now, we kind of, we're a little bit, in modern United States, we kind of like our space. You know, like, I mean, it's fine that you're on the next pew or the one behind me. But, you know, I kind of like a, wouldn't it be great if there was a day that the pews were packed? I mean, I mean, it's like, no, 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 come sit right here. I mean, it, there's no personal space. I'm longing for those days to be together. But today and this time, it's okay that there are different ways to be together. We can do a Zoom or a FaceTime. We can be together online. But we can be together and we need to be together spiritually. Spiritually. Paul actually writes to the Corinthians and talks about how, hey, even though I'm not with you uh, physically, I am there in my spirit as I'm praying for you. How are your prayers? Are we constantly remembering one another that even when we can't completely be together, and it's coming, but right now, while it can't be, we're together in our prayers I like this, this picture of being together. I mean, they tried to have a graduation where they couldn't have graduation in person. So they literally put the little uh, iPads up there with the different people's faces would pop up and the little uh, uh, mannequins kind of thing. I thought, oh, my goodness. I, does that, I, don't, I don't know. But they're honoring, saying, look, we've got to celebrate. It's your graduation. We know you can't come. But, hey, we want to celebrate anyway, as best we can, using the technology. In verse 31, it says, I assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed to the, to the wall to the right um, towards the dung gate. Uh, verse 38, and the second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. Now, we don't have a choir right now. I'm so thankful for Josh and uh, Jim and, and others who have come to help us lead in music. And, and we're thankful for that. But I think there's a spiritual point here. They went around the wall in two different directions. They didn't all march together and go. They could have done that. They could have just all gone in one big long train. But instead, Nehemiah said, no, no, we're going to have, some are going this way and some are going that way. They went in opposite directions. As we start this sort of time of an intentional interim, can I just make a spiritual point here for us? Are we being kids doing tug of war, or are we gonna pull in different directions as a parachute? Wait, what? Okay, well, what am I saying? Uh, you remember as a kid playing games, right? You remember tug-of-war, right? And there would be some on one rope and other kids on the other rope and you'd try to get an equal size and certainly um, I was always always wanted to be with the guys that were the biggest and the strongest because we wanted to win. I don't think I helped a lot. But we would pull and pull and pull and the goal was to pull the other people over to your side. There are winners and there were losers. You know, when we pull against each other, If it's tug of war, I want my way. There are winners and there's losers. But really, there's only just losers. Parachute was very different, right? It was a big parachute and there were handles and you were supposed to pull your handle. And everybody is pulling but they're pulling to create something. They're all bringing their gifts together to help create something that was pretty fun and pretty exciting and usually brought a lot of joy. You'd put a ball in there and make the ball go. Or you'd lift it up high and everybody would run underneath. Or you'd have people in exchange. And the kids, I like parachute. That was a lot of fun. And we all could, the parachute only works if we're all pulling together. In different directions, using our gifts in different ways, bringing all of our different thoughts together, but finding a way for it to cooperate and work. Parachute works if we're all doing the roles that God has had for us, but we're doing it in a way where we're pulling, but we're pulling for the group. In Romans chapter 12, it says, For just as each of us has one body, with many members And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. There's going to be some days as we try to put things back together. As we try to allow the Lord's Holy Spirit to do the transformative work in our lives. Where we're going to have some different views on stuff. Be patient with one another. We're one body. Be encouraging to one another. We're one body. And be the gift that you are to this congregation. Pull in a way that supports. In a, support, in a way that allows the parachute, the church family, to be the church family. It's tricky. But when we do so, look at verse 15 of the same chapter. Then we can rejoice. We rejoice with those who are rejoicing, and even during these days, we mourn with those who are mourning. You know, some who are listening today might not actually be spiritually part of this body. You're not part of this body because you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Savior. He died on the cross for your sins. And by putting your faith in him, you have what the Apostle Paul says is the Holy Spirit comes in your life. You are cleansed. You were reborn. You are made new. Would you today ask Jesus to become your savior? Some of you who are listening today, you're actually also not part of this team. You're a believer in Jesus Christ, but you're not part of this team because you are not a member of this church. But God is calling you to be for this time. Brother Aaron said that he, the team believes that I'm supposed to be here for this time. Thank you for that. I, I, I agree with you. I think that the Lord has got me here for this time to help and be a part. Some of you, God is also calling to join this congregation for this time to help be a part of what the Lord is doing here. In the days to come, we're going to start working on how do you become a member of this congregation even during covid How do we figure out how to do uh, become a church that is following the Lord during this time? Well, we end today with just the call. Let's rejoice together. Let's rejoice together. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the clear call, the clear call to celebrate, to rejoice in what you have done and what you are going to do and what you're doing now. Lord, we even rejoice in all of these trials that are here for just a little while. We rejoice. Lord guide us. Lord lead us. Lord bring us to new places uh, of what you want to do. God, we confess uh, that we we aren't there, but we believe, Lord, that there is more to come. So we pray these things in the name of Jesus, our leader, our shepherd. Amen.